never give up. I never give up. I never give up. Hi guys, welcome back to Neff Inspiration, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Wow, what a show today. What a topic today. Because I've got Kathy Gabrielson with me. Kathy is a woman, she's a healer. She is a woman who through fate has been thrown in free near-death experiences. And obviously one was not enough. So she got the message and then obviously she needed another little little kick. Come on, go out there. Don't, don't you get the message? You need to go out there and change the world and make the things better. So she had three goes. Uh, and then finally she got that message. And now she is an unstoppable woman out there who is determined to make this world a better place because these are the messages that she has been receiving. And I'm in intensely curious to learn more. Kathy, welcome to my show. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, an absolute and... pleasure. Uh, where, how do you start an interview like that? So when was the first <laughs> time you died? <laughs> yeah, I, know. Yeah. I really like the fact that I didn't get it the first couple of times, you know? So, <laughs> I know, obviously, obviously. And that's so many of us are doing exactly that. The, the, yeah. the universe sends us messages and you, you, you yeah. take five goes <laughs> trying yeah. to make sure yeah. that you got it right. <laughs> two no's at the, uh, two no's were, you know, two no's of the light. I got rejected. <laughs> You know, third time will be a charm for me. Ah, uh, well, well, well. So, so tell us, tell us more. How how did your life manifest? How did things happen? Well, you know, it was. Uh, I was in a really, really dark place. You know, I um, uh, my first near death experience was when I was just eighteen, and I was just a young person uh, living the best life, and I had near death experience then didn't really know what it was. Um, and then I had a second one later in, in life. And after that, um, I really hit the bottom. But the truth is really, I was preparing to hit the bottom for most of my life, you know, because I, I spent the majority of my life not in touch with myself, you know, I was just like a kind of a lost soul and constantly living out of alignment with me, not knowing it. And it was really depleting me. And I hit the ground. I hit the ground pretty hard. Mm. The good thing is I knew I was going down. You know, I knew I was going down. Uh, uh, but it was, it was tough. It was really tough. When, what led to the near-death experience? The first near-death experience um, was a car accident. I was in a car accident when I was in high school with my high school sweetheart, senior year, getting ready to head off to college. And we just went off the road and into a deep ravine on a windy country road. And it was a, an accident. And we were in a deep hole. And um, he ended up, he, he, he died and was resuscitated many times that night. He had a traumatic brain injury that left him with just the ability to blink his eyes for 20 years, almost 20 years, 19 and a half years. And um, I went to the light that time. Um, I didn't understand it. I was young. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't know what to say. Uh, I came back very, very spiritual, very spiritual. I um, was just 18 years old, but I couldn't get enough of um, wanting to be good and do good. And then, you know, I lived a lot of survivor guilt, a lot of shame, um, a lot of um, anxiety, a lot of depression. I was really sad. So I spent years anxious, depressed, and unhappy. Um, I did end up getting married. I had kids, wonderful husband, wonderful kids, but I got breast cancer. And then I had a number of complications with the breast cancer. And after a surgery, I ended up with sepsis and then... Um, uh, was bleeding internally and had my second near-death experience then. And that, uh, it was twofold. It brought me to my knees um, emotionally and mentally, uh, cracked me, cracked me wide open, um, broke me whole, really, truly, that did. Um, but at the same time, after I healed from the trauma, um, and from starting to pick myself up from the ground um, was when I really, truly realized that the near deaths, both the near deaths and all the trauma in my life uh, was a blessing. And there was a silver lining to every piece of hardship I suffered. 
when you go back to your first near-death experience, what can you recall from that time? Many of my guests who have been in such scenarios describe the light. Uh, the, mm -hmm. But when, when you when you look at the the field in, in when you look at many descriptions, it's not always light. Uh, there's sometimes no. other experiences. How was it for you? Uh, my first near death experience was. Um, I remember I was in the car, mud, blood, glass, you know, everything shattered. It was really quiet, except, you know, my boyfriend was moaning. And um, I just remember a pull. It was, I remember bleeding. I remember being in pain. Um, and I remember it was like a, like a vacuum pull. It was like a pull to, to something. And it was a beautiful starry night. Um, and it was almost if there was um, uh, an opening but it, it was it's it was weird because it's like an opening, but you can't see an opening. So I huh. say tunnel, but it really wasn't like a tunnel. Hmm. But I, seeing that experience, then I was just there. Then hmm. it was just like as if I just took a breath and I was there. And that time was um, people having conversations all around me, uh, talking, hmm. and and I kind of wanted to be like, excuse me, I'm I'm right here. I am here. Here I am. You're talking <laughs> about me. I know you are. Uh, and they were uh, talking and they but and they were also helping me like uh, cleaning me uh taking care of me and they were having a conversation about what it would be like if I went back and who would be upset and I also understood that um I had to come back that it wasn't my time and that I had to heal and it was truly my understanding that I was going to come back to help heal uh, my boyfriend that uh, was going to go on to live with uh, this this uh, in traumatic brain injury, um, and so um, were these beings really... were these beings that you saw? Did you recognize some of them? Were they familiar to you, or was that were they real no. beings, or was it just shadows? Yeah, in in the first the first one they they looked more like uh, shadows, but the only thing I can tell you is that I knew them. Like I knew them. And then when I came back and thought about it and um, after quite some time, I'm really trying to think about who it was. I truly believe one was my grandfather because someone mm. there was concerned about how my dad would feel mm. if my, if I didn't come back. And um, uh, I truly think that he was really instrumental. And, um, you know, I did, I did hear the voice that it's, you know, I did, I did understand I had to come back. It wasn't my time. Mm. It wasn't the my time. When you say your grandfather, had your grandfather already passed away at that time? He did. Yes. He did. And the interesting thing is he had died, um, but he had lived a life with schizophrenia. And so I really didn't know him. Wow. I didn't really know him at all. But my understanding now, um, connecting with the spirit world, is that he's doing the work that he couldn't do when he was in the human body. So he's doing the work that he can do from his spirit body, which is take care of his family. Beautiful. I mean, a skeptic yeah. would say, "Come on, this is what you're uh, what you're telling us here. That is really stuff that has occurred in the emergency department once you had been yeah. rescued, or it's a a mixture, a drug induced mix a mixture of uh, the painkillers that were given during the rescue, and the whole yeah. thing is happened there." What would you say to that? I would say that's okay. You know, if you can't understand my experience I, as an experiencer myself, I couldn't understand it. I didn't make sense. I came back thinking I was, uh, you know, that, you know, crazy, you know, um, I, I, I thought I was too. Um, but one of the things that I have learned in, in this whole near-death experience community and studying a little bit about it and working with IANTS is that, um, Different people have their similar experiences, but they're different. And people will see, um, you know, I saw who I saw that I could relate to. So mm -hmm. people tend to have to see who they believe in their form of God, their exactly. form or not God, or their form of spirit, whatever it is that's comfortable with you, that makes you feel safe and welcome. Mm -hmm. That's my 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 belief. Mm -hmm. And that's that is reflected in in many of the writings of of yeah. uh, near death experiences. Um, so uh, very common what you're saying there, and it sort of makes sense because if we postulate that there is 
something or someone out there who wants us to become better human beings, then obviously you want to, in such a crucial moment, you want mm -hmm. to create a familiarity, a, familiarity, a, mm -hmm. a link, a, a certain mm -hmm. form of trust, so that mm -hmm. the messages that are being uh, received, hopefully mm -hmm. be received, um, that they're coming through. It, it, it's such a good point that you brought up too, because, um, you know, when we think about death and, and, and going, you know, some, somewhere, you know, where do we go? Um, you know, the, one of the greatest things I learned about nearly dying or dying and, and, and transitioning to the other side or being in that space was that what the true, um, the, the true paradise is finding your own self is being within your own self is really is the power that you know our the 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 spirit of ourself the spirit of me the spirit of you <laughs> that well, that's what lives you know <laughs> so i could spend all the time i want kneeling on a kneeler no offense to my mom and i will you know or dad i apologize everybody but it's true but if i could just if i could sit and connect with the divine the spark of light within myself which i didn't do <laughs> <laughs> you plus yeah. me witch <laughs> let's burn here at a stake i know i oh, probably what? was that. i probably was <laughs> no i mean that is that is exactly what the catholic church and and and, and uh, yeah. the whole the whole uh development of of male chauvinistic attitude in the in the in the church basically try to prevent the sheer fact yeah. that there could possibly be uh, a different interpretation um yeah. of of um the, the the words in the bible um yeah. and to find heaven i.e to find the, the heavenly bliss of being yeah. in the moment and 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 having energy within you and having everything yeah. in balance oh my goodness yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're taking that away from the church. What, what what is the church supposed to do now that you're doing it all yourself? They can't have that. Come on. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so before yeah. sorry before I now get <laughs> probably I don't know I get get probably letters from the pope and say hey 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 that was not fair. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, please forgive me if there is if there are some really strong religious believers out there. Um. Um. If if by the end of this uh, this interview, if I have not all of you offended, then I do apologize. Um, that is uh, because we're going to go around, we're going to use Allah, we're going to go Krishna and and every other religion as well, because there is there is more to this interview than just one little pigeonhole of let's say one religion or one whatever mental construct. So therefore, please forgive me. Don't don't go immediately on. Oh, he's against Christians. I'm not. Um, we, but we are talking about something that is probably above and beyond mm -hmm. what we understood as understand as churches and as mm -hmm. of the the construct that we are living here on this earth on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that fair to say, Kathy? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I don't study the church and religion. I study spirituality. Mm -hmm. I connect with spirit, the spirit world, high vibration, um, and ascended masters that have done really great things in this lifetime. Um, and yeah. So the first time was the ravine. And having said that, this was a severe motor vehicle accident. Um, we know that about one in three people will have uh, often quite nasty PTSD from such mm -hmm. a motor vehicle accident. And you were describing the anxiety, the depression, uh, the darkness that came after that period for you, the confusion. Um, mm -hmm. Here you were a fit and healthy young girl and suddenly you were pretty smashed up and probably mm -hmm. there was a, a lot of physical healing involved. Mm -hmm. um, so is that not is that not uh, absolutely normal what you're describing? the 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 darkness that followed oh you know um sure i mean the the near-death experiences you know a trauma um the trauma of the accident uh you know led to that that ptsd and the trauma of my sepsis and my second one um you know you know made it worse really mm -hmm. but it is true i mean the 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 trauma was there was so many forms of it you know mm -hmm. the trauma was the accident the trauma was the injury 
But the hardest traumas to heal are the emotional traumas or the mm. wounds or the feelings that we leave with from the experience. Mm. The trauma is holding on to the experience. And my trauma for me after my first one was that I couldn't let go of the experience because how did I react? How was I afterwards? How did I respond? How did people look at me as a survivor? You mm. know, um, all kinds of things. And mm. um, and I was I was traumatized because I survived. Mm. Um, you know, uh, and, uh, the dark set in and the dark was the worry and the dark was the fear on so many different levels, the fear mm. of cars, the fear of rain, the fear of anything that might get me in an accident and the fear uh, for me, the hardest fear after my first near death experience, um, was surviving and then having this feeling that I had to heal afterwards but still, I couldn't tell anybody because who was I going to tell that I had this healing power? You know, <laughs> who was I going to tell? I, you know, I, my, I would have, you know, I would have been sick. You know, somebody mm. would have put me away at that yeah. time. So um, that was really hard. It was hard to um, rationalize my experience yeah. and how I felt in my body and what I heard uh, with living. And that was traumatic for me. Oh, hell yes. And this would have been at uh, times before the internet, uh, yeah. you don't have easy access to such a yeah. thing like healing, yeah. etc. Yeah. And the yeah. understanding. I mean, where did you live in the United States? I lived uh, right outside Philadelphia, kind of a few, a couple hours from New York City. Okay, so um, it, it was not definitely deep Bible belt and, and you automatically no, being crucified no, for for no, any kind yeah. of heretic thoughts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, but it was it was it was it was like I said earlier. I lived a lifetime of really preparing for myself for the breakup, you know, and that was you know the emotions that I had, the self blame, the shame, all that kind of stuff. I couldn't. And it was there before the accident, and it just got empowered after the accident, you know. The way the way you're speaking, uh, can I assume that there were a number of adverse childhood experiences um, that that led to maybe drug use and alcohol use? Was that part of your story? You know what? That's a really good question. I had a, a, a very great upbringing. I had a good family. I had I was not addicted to drugs or alcohol. Okay. I didn't have that experience. Now. The traumas, the inability to control my emotions and holding on to all these experiences of illness. I was, I just, my lifetime was full of illness and pain and suffering and surgeries. And that led to, you know, uh, drinking and all the, and taking medication that was prescribed for me to help me all the years. Um, you know, so early on in my life, it was okay. There was the pressure, the pressure to perform, the pressure to be a good girl, the pressure, um, you know, all those kinds of pressures, not to be ashamed and that kind of stuff. But the the real addiction um, part um, uh, uh, came, you know, when I just couldn't manage myself anymore. Interesting. And place, you know. Interesting. Okay. So that was how long was that that period of darkness and of confusion? I think it's it, confusion was probably the best thing because at the one hand you're driven, you feel a power that is driving you towards towards healing, towards going out mm -hmm. there. Yet you're an 18 year old in a broken body, um, mm -hmm. who and and people will probably say, well, "Who the hell are you? You were too, too healing? What what the?" Oh yeah. I mean, that was the hardest part, you know, who, who am I to think I can actually even do this, you know, and, and what is it even that, you know, I, I think that I'm able to do this mm. whole healing thing. Um, but you know, it was, it was really hard. So I didn't, I didn't do anything with it. I didn't believe that I had it. I didn't see my boyfriend getting any better, which caused me more confusion because I thought, Oh, I have to, you know, I have to heal him and I'm not healing him. In retrospect, I did heal him as best I could. I was present in the room with him just about every day, you know, and I was bringing him compassion and I was bringing him love and I was holding space for him. But when, you know, as, as I went on after my accident and he wasn't healing and I was feeling horrible, more horrible about myself, I went into a complete, really dark night and, um, you know, uh, didn't, you know, dropped all my belief in anything and really believed that, um, you know, then I got breast cancer 
And then I figured, oh, well, of course I got that because I'm a shitty individual, you know, and, <laughs> oh, you know, and then I brought more shame and guilt because I brought cancer into my family and my threw a, you know, a bomb in it. And where the I hell just, is this? Hang on. Where's, where the hell is the shame and guilt coming from? How the hell can you, you be know, responsible for, for you developing <laughs> uh, uh, breast cancer? And why should I, you be ashamed of the cancer? I know it was more being ashamed. Well, I had a, a mastectomy. I wouldn't look myself. I was a 32 year old young mom. I right. couldn't take care of my kids. The shame of asking for help, you know, mm. the shame of it was all the stuff that I had, all these limiting beliefs that I had in my head that I thought I had to live up to, you know, beliefs that, you know, really weren't mine, um, that it was okay to ask for help, that it was okay mm. to be me, that it was okay to be imperfect, that it was mm. okay not to be not to be able to be the best at everything, you know, all, all these things that I had, had yeah. felt. Um, and, uh, so I, I was in, I was in a dark night after the breast cancer. And then after my second near death experience, that's really when I hit really hit rock bottom because after my, my car accident, I really got really involved in the brain injured community. Mm. I took care of people that were brain injured after I had cancer. I started a nonprofit. I spent 10 years as an executive director, you know, helping families with cancer. And then, so when I go to die the second time and, you know, I'm told I didn't do enough. I'm like, what the heck, what is, what are we supposed to do in this lifetime? You know, I didn't, What else do you have to do here? Well, okay, okay, no, stop, stop, stop. Were you actually told that? Tell us what, tell us about now this experience the second time around. You were seriously sick. Sepsis means that there is an infection that is overwhelming the body, often leading to other organs not working well or even failing. Um, yeah. And it has huge amounts of, yeah, This it's a, it's a very, very, Uh, it's a very good possibility that you don't live through it. Okay. So yeah. sepsis can easily yeah. kill you. So yeah. here you are. What can you remember there? Well, I remember that I uh, was, we were, we were away, me and my husband and my kids, and we were on our first day of vacation and I was really sick and they all went to the, we were all at the pool and I left on back to the room. I was really just sick and, um, you know, I was getting sick. And then I just woke up in the bathroom. I was in my own urine and I called my husband and I said, I, there's a problem here. I need mm -hmm. to go to the hospital. And then uh, it, before we went on vacation, just a couple of weeks prior, I had had uh, just a minor procedure, you know, breast reconstruction procedure. It's like my 14th surgery, but I had had so many, I was like, eh, I'll be fine. Just, you know, yeah. lube it up, put some bandages on it and let's go to vac on vacation. I turned out that uh, I, I hit in the gym after my, my, uh, and working out in a sports bra after some breast surgery wasn't the ideal setup for healing. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> no, right? Doc, you're the doc, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> But it's so normal. It's so normal. Yeah. Here you are. Pushing, you want to. You absolutely. You want to grab the life by by its yeah. balls and want to go yeah. get on yeah. with it. That is such yeah. a natural natural thing that yeah. so many uh, patients yeah. experience. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's understandable. Yeah. But so here you were, yeah. septic. Yeah. Um, yeah. and you you mentioned bleeding. Where were you bleeding from? Oh well, that was. That we didn't know that in the beginning. So I went to the hospital and they said, you know, she's I heard them tell my husband that, you know, I'll be on life support in a couple hours if I don't have, you know, an emergency surgery to take out my other breast. So that happens. And while I was in the uh, so I, mean, I had surgery because my reconstruction, the implant was infected. Uh, uh, it started from the implant that uh, they had done some work on. Gotcha. So I ended up in the hospital in intensive care for a week. And during that time, I was kind of like floating above my bed. I remember, you know, floating above my bed and being in the room and, and telling my mom when she came to visit, I'm like, you know, I'm dying. I, and she's like, no, you're not. And I said, no, I, I, I know I am, you know, I had done this before, you know, I know I, I feel it. I feel it. And this time was a little different because I could actually see, uh, see the light almost kind of like felt like there and kind of going towards it and coming back and going towards it and coming back. And um, I finally decided to go. And that time it was a longer experience in that, on that side. Um, there was more levels 
you know, there was more, uh, what mm -hmm. felt like more places I was going to like going kind of leveling up more where the first time I, it wasn't like I was leveling going up. I was just there. I was just there in the experience. Um, and that was really profound, but I walked into that light thinking I was home. I was like, here I am. You know, I felt like, you know, there, I knew people. It was like, oh, you know, I kind of felt like I was hearing, you know, you know, they were happy to see me. I was happy to see them and here I'm, I'm back. And I did all this work and, you know, and mm -mm. then I, then I saw who I know is the master healer. And what I do know from my experience and talking to people on near-death experiences is that lots of times people see their version of uh, a God or a divine being or a spirit or whoever it is. And I saw my version and I saw Jesus and uh, he said, it's not your time. You have more work to do. You've got to go back. Hmm. And um I remember crying and I thought that in retrospect, I thought that was that's so interesting because I believe consciousness continues. So that means there must be at some emotional level, people continue, you know, because I, I felt I was feeling when I was in that um, other space and I came back. And when I came back that time, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I that's the dark, the dark, the dark, the dark, 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 mm -hmm. dark set in. May I ask, yeah. may I ask to actually confirm that it was a near death experience? Do you, are you able to look at your medical records in ICU and to actually see um, that bloody well, that her blood pressure was 40 over 20 or, or actually she was flatlining or anything yeah. like that? Yeah. Was yeah. there, was there a correlation in your physical body with what had occurred? That's such a great question. So I left out the story because I didn't want to take up too much boring time about hospitals yeah. and illnesses. So I yeah. tried to fast track. So what happened was I was in the hospital for about a week and I couldn't breathe. And I kept telling them I was having a hard time breathing. And yeah. I just felt nobody was listening to me and I wasn't getting any better. Bacteria wise, my, the infection was getting better, but I still couldn't breathe. And I felt really weak and I wanted to get home. I figured, you know, Philadelphia hospitals are better than where I was. And so I checked myself out of the hospital against doctor's orders. And I went to the hotel. I know, doc, bad move. Just like, yeah, just roll my eyes really, really wide. <laughs> just for, for those people only listening to it. Imagine big rolling eyes on me. <laughs> I know, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I checked myself out and went back to my hotel. And when I got back to my hotel, I thought, oh, shit. Oh, what have I done? Mm. What have I done? I'm not well. And I, um, I still couldn't breathe. And so I what had happened was um, I later found out that um, I was actually bleeding internally and from the original surgery and that my lungs were filling up with um, blood yeah that'll do the trick yeah. um so to answer your question no i didn't there was i wasn't in the hospital at the time right yeah but if your lungs filling up with blood i mean for those of you out there you've got about five liters of blood in your uh blood vessels and that's normally where they stay but if yeah. you lose sort of uh, half a liter, well, that's neither here nor there. Once you lose a liter or two, now you're getting really into trouble. And your lungs yeah. can easily hold you know, two, three liters oh, without yeah. blinking. So therefore, yeah. this is a potentially very disastrous and life-threatening yeah. situation. Yeah. Okay. So now, fair call. Um, but here you were. The second time you were transiting so to speak um you were uh where was there again light there was it again a similar uh bright thing and the people or the shadows or the beings that you met they looked familiar or felt familiar to you could you recognize mm -hmm. them this time you know it's really interesting i knew that i had my family i knew that i saw family um but it was it was like kind of like we had this embrace um, can I say, I know for sure I saw my grandmother. I don't know, but it feels like I saw my grandmother, if that makes okay. sense. Yep. Um, I know, um, I heard music. I heard beautiful sounds. It was like a beautiful, beautiful, um, I was he just hearing, hearing beautiful music. I remember hearing okay. beautiful music. Yeah. Let me say it was not another one bites the dust. Nope. Stairway <laughs> to heaven. Nope. Uh, 
Nope. No, it wasn't. <laughs> okay, no, just checking. That just be so funny. Yeah. Just Damn, checking. I I, yeah, I never thought nope. about that. I don't remember the soundtrack, but oh, no. <laughs> no, that, for us, it's, it's often a bit tricky. It is from that we have got radio on, and it has occurred that that yeah. a patient was being wheeled into one of these songs, and it, oh, wow. <laughs> you quickly find out if a person has she has got humor. Um, oh, so, wow. Oh, wow. And and but so sorry, I just was yeah. uh, was was trying to put a bit of humor into yeah. this very, very wow conversation yeah. here. Because yeah. if you think if you keep it real, I mean, here you were, there was darkness all the time, yet here you were embraced by light. Here you were mm -hmm. embraced by someone that you felt well he's quite important this jesus dude um yeah i know him from somewhere um yeah was that did you realize it then who was talking to you or who was um, communicating with you I, in like uh, like i said i we i truly believe we see our version and yeah. I, so i knew that's who i was seeing and yeah. that's who i was seeing when i was there but i think the most one of the most a really important thing that i missed to say in that whole transition process was the feeling of peace you know i was you know, and it was, it was really powerful because I worked so much in the cancer community with cancer patients and people that were dying and people that were sick. And we see them suffering, physically suffering so much. Mm -hmm. And I was suffering at one point, God knows not like the people that have transitioned from cancer, but I was suffering. But then there was a complete peace complete as like uh, nothing would bother me and even thinking about the fact that I had young kids and my kids being at home we would think what kind of mom you know would be okay moving into that space it was it was just as if everything was okay mm. everything about everything was going to be mm. okay it was a tremendous uh, uh feeling of peace and that's one thing I do like to share because mm. here on earth where we witness a, a number of people likely your uh, people listening today have helped somebody cross over, seen somebody die um, and think that they suffering to death, but there is a moment of peace. That's really profound. And that's so for beautiful. Me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Please. And that's yeah. so beautiful to say also for the skeptics out there listening in um, you could have argued uh, up until now that uh, she was in intensive care. They probably just gave her a big bolus of a painkiller, which makes her nice and floaty and nice and relaxed and peaceful. Well, no, um, sorry, she was in a bathroom. She was in, in a hotel. Uh, there was not yeah. this quick uh, chemical fix that right. might have been misconstrued as yeah. this this yeah. feeling of peace yeah. okay wow wow how long um was that communication often people say it, it, it is a communication it's not words that somehow this being this being often is described as just being there and somehow mm -hmm. all this information is downloaded like a like mm -hmm. an like a like a transfer of of information rather than than words being listened yeah. to. Was that similar yeah. to you? Did that yeah, did Jesus was. talk? Yeah. And that, you know, some people are like, oh, you you talked, you know, he talked mm -hmm. to you. Cause I know some people in their experiences, they don't hear anything. I heard it's not your time, my daughter, you've got to go back. Okay. And I remember, I remember feeling love. I remember being wrapped in the energy and the experience of love. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I think is important to share with people is that I, in that experience, I moved to you know, another plane of existence. I moved to another level of vibration. Mm -hmm. And I, and that was a really amazing experience. But what I've found, we all living here in earth, in our bodies here, we can have the ability to, we truly do have the ability to access those levels here ourselves. You know, we do. So it's it's not it's not just to someone that dies. We can all access the spirit world. We all have access to it. You just keep your mouth, your mind open, you know, have a good vibe, let go of those dark energies and you can really, really travel. 
nice segue, but I don't let you get there first because, <laughs> because, 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 um, very simple. Um, this is, this can be just heard as a platitude. You can all be happy. Uh, no, there is a bit more to that because you, um, the second time around, um, you obviously made it. Congratulations. And congratulations to the medical team who obviously got to yeah. you in time and yeah, actually yeah. helped you sort you yes. out. Yes, yes. But you said yeah. then, then, thereafter, you really fell apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? What was um, what was what was dragging you down? It was my thing. You know, we all have our things. Like, what is it that we feel about ourselves or what gets in our way? The thing that would get in my way all through my life was feeling shame, feeling like I was letting people down, feeling I wasn't uh, good enough. You know, I wasn't doing a good enough job. And that kind of stuff just was real got in my way. And I was, I came back and clearly I didn't live a good enough life. So I'm not a good person. You know, I'm not able to, yeah, I know quite crazy, right. Mm. That I had this feeling. It was so mm. dark. That's where I created my own darkness. My mm. mind created my darkness. And I just had this, I had, I fell apart because uh, I was scared. I wasn't going to be good enough to ever get into the light. You know, I was rejected twice in my lifetime. What was I doing wrong? How was I living wrong? What was I doing wrong? And, you know, when I let, when the first time I had this understanding that I had to heal, right? I knew I had to come back and heal. I didn't know what that meant. And then I had my second near-death experience and like I come back and I have more work to do. I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to do? What am I doing wrong in my life? And I truly believe what the message was, was that I had just never done me that I had never lived my life, that I had spent an entire lifetime of living everybody else's playbook, everybody else's rule book, everyone else's beliefs, taking mm. care of everybody else. I just was a lost soul. And my darkness was being lost from myself. I was just really lost from who I was. And when I fell apart, I, um, I knew that if I didn't pick myself up, I would be in rehab. Or I, I mean, I had suicidal ideation. I was low, um, and I knew I just had to get myself back up. I had to figure out. I had to figure out what I needed to do in life. And when I thought about everything I had done, I was like, I just, I don't even. What about me? I don't even know what I want. Mm. Well, I didn't even know myself. I didn't even know what my favorite color was. I, you mm. know, I didn't know what my favorite food was. And that's really where I started. That's nice. where I started. I started. I started to get to know myself. It was as if I was meeting myself again for the first time. And I thought, okay, we got to do this. Okay. You and me, we got to figure this out. I got to figure out what I'm supposed to do. And nice to meet you, Kathy. So where do we begin? Wow. Wow. Okay. Now, some of the things we can explain very easily with the sheer trauma that your body has undergone the sheer fact that your yeah. blood levels would have been low you would have been stripped of your vitamins everything that really nutritionally was needed was stripped bare if if mm -hmm. your body is a big big store of things that you need there would have been empty shelves everywhere so mm -hmm. needless to say there is a, a period of months for you yeah. to feel low, to feel no energy, etc. So some of the things we can easily explain from that. Um, mm -hmm. Having said that, <laughs> I now let you go further because you, we, there was this darkness there. You had this come, this compelling drive to heal, and I know nowadays you have gained a far better understanding of the spirit world and of of well, well, don't want to give too much powder away, but I mean, how, what was the first experience that led you out, out of the darkness? When did you realize, actually, now I know how I can move forward? That's a really good question, um, because it feels like it wasn't just one thing. It was, it was just like a, um, a, a path. I just, you know, I, my, the, the key to me was I wanted to get, I wanted to be okay. I mm. really wanted to be okay. Mm. And I um, knew years ago when I had had cancer, I had worked with an energy medicine practitioner and I thought, I'm going to, I'm going to find somebody to do this. And I couldn't find anybody in my town. So I started to study about the chakras and the human energy field. And I thought, well, if no one else can heal me, I'll heal myself. 
And uh, that's what I did. I just followed the, I just meditated and I sat next to trees and I talked to the animals and everybody already thought I was crazy. I was popping pills and Ativan and Zoloft and Concerta and anything, you know, so I know, hug some trees and talk to the squirrels and they're not going to think anything different, but I did. I spent time in nature. I meditated. Um, I journaled and I just got to know myself, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it sounds so stupid, but there yeah. is such it was a, feeling. a power, yeah. a power there. Because what we're really talking about is different levels of energy that surround us. There is certain mm -hmm. energy that we can see, the light, or energy that we can hear, a sound. But there is mm -hmm. God, there is so much more out there that we have mm -hmm. absolutely no clue about. And now again, skeptics will say, oh, bullshit, bullshit here. We know we, we have got, we are the masters of our, of our knowledge and understanding. Look how evolved we are. Yeah, right. you tell me how Wi-Fi works, okay? Something that you use every day know, with your phone. Right? Exactly. Explain that to me, Good okay? Point. Really. Oh, I love that line. I'm going to use that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I, yeah, I, I knew um, I I wasn't able to really um, manifest um, the gifts that I knew I was given when I had my near-death experiences. I knew I was receiving something. Mm. And when I went back to think of it, you know, when I was in the line, like seeing people, I remember receiving, I was like, I was receiving these gifts. Um, and I, I wasn't able to really manifest what I had until I, until I cleared my dark, until I let go of the anger, the shame, the lack of self-worth, the lack of self-love. All this stuff led me to want to smoke a pack of cigarettes and drink a bottle of wine every day, you know? <laughs> and that's breakfast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, um, and and it was after I really cleared my, my space, cleared my inner dark, my own dark, that I could really sense the power of spirit moving through me to do healing work. I had to really heal myself. I couldn't heal my, I couldn't help other people. I couldn't do the work until I really, truly healed my own darkness, my own demons. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful, beautiful. Um, having said that, the spirit world did not just stop there with the two near-death experiences. Um, I know you have learned to clear your mind, be present, be open. And as such, you have become a channel. Um, for those of you out there who have no clue what I'm talking about, how would you explain being a channel? Well, have you ever seen the movie Ghost? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Patrick Swayze. Yes. <laughs> and Wilbur Goldberg. I'm like, if people say, what is it like? I'm like, go watch Ghost. You know, That's right, exactly. Great yep. job at channeling. <laughs> um, uh, but channeling is I've created, um, and I didn't realize all this was happening until it happened. It's not like I said, you know, I'm going to be a channel and this is how I'm going to be a channel. I didn't know as a channel until I realized I was a channel. And I didn't know um, how that happened until I, I realized what I had done and experienced, but it was uh, just cleared um, my space enough. And um, I connect to a really divine healing light at different versions of spirit, um, primarily a divine feminine you know, I really connect with uh, divine feminine energy and I can, I can feel it enter my body and it, it, it just, it takes over my whole entire uh, body. Um, and I'm, sometimes I hear different words beforehand, uh, but it's usually a, a feeling and I can feel it come in uh, very powerfully. Sometimes it comes in uh, on a, on a subtle, subtle note, uh, but, I, and I can feel it as it leaves my body and the work is done and it's coming through me for the person I'm working with. So it's it's truly coming for the person that I'm actually working with when I work with people, for them, to help them heal. Heal the blocks that are in the way of their soul's mm -hmm. purpose. It's mm -hmm. really what it is. It's about saving souls, getting back in touch, getting in alignment, letting go of the dark mm -hmm. attachments. Mm -hmm. That's how it helps. Um, the the force or the, the energy that is coming through you. Um, do you see it or do you experience it in any other way? For example, let's say a um, a person who believes in Allah is sitting in front of you. 
um, would you experience Mohammed or would you experience uh, any kind of the caliphs or, or would you would you rather uh, experience just a something? Yeah, typically um, I I don't see it coming like all the time. I mean, I just yesterday I had uh, a session with a client and, uh, you know, I, I ask who's coming to myself, you know, who, who's coming because I'm feeling somebody come and I usually can sense them or see them or hear them. Um, but yesterday I got it. It was different. I saw a different view of it. Um, lots of times I can um, see yours. So if I, I have my own guides that I work with, um, but if I'm working with you and I'll see uh, I'll see one of your high vibe spirit connections in your field, and then they'll work with me too. So it's really, it's about you and your great, your, my, my clients or your highest interest, your sole purpose, you know, what your higher self is interested in, what's meant for you. Mm. Um, so who will come to me to help other people or mm. it's who, who's come to help them heal? Sometime, I, you know, one time I was like, oh, oh but this is a really big, uh, you know, this is a really big guy, <laughs> you know, um, Buddha, you know, I mean, it depends. It really depends. Oh. A lot of it depends on uh, the person I'm speaking with. Yeah. Okay. okay. That makes sense. It doesn't make sense, actually. No, it, it doesn't make sense. Well, it it kind of does. It kind of does. It's yeah. just for you. Yeah. It is you're being being used as a tool for yeah. energy to convey a message yeah. or for yeah. spirits yeah. to convey yeah. a message. Yeah. So therefore, yeah. uh, how much do, are you privy as a tool to actually see yeah. that message, so to yeah. speak? Yeah. Well, it's, it's that's a really good thing because sometimes I don't hear some things, and I truly believe when I'm not hearing something, it's between spirit and you or the client uh, it's like yeah i'm not supposed to know well, um lots of times i'll i'll hear what's going to happen before it comes in um like uh i'll i'll see a big circle around somebody's heart and i'll know that there's going to be a, a a grief or they need to forgive themselves or feel, forgive other people there's a, a major block on their heart or something that's yeah. causing them heartache or heart pain yeah. so yeah. i usually i usually can see what they're going to do and how they're going to heal okay and sometimes yeah. I just don't understand. Sometimes sure. I just don't understand. Mm. But that's and that that leads me to another question. I mean, are there um do you actually uh are there times that you literally black out that you do not know what you're saying, what you're conveying? That's a really good question, too. Um, do I there I not blacking out, but you go to a different level because I have to. I have to, I have to increase my vibration. Like, and I was talking earlier about how you can go to a different level. So yeah. I'm actually meeting somebody, I'm raising my vibration. Yeah. So it's almost like I'm in a really, in a trance or in a meditative state. Hmm. Um, hmm. And I, interestingly enough, I can talk, I can say things. Um, if I don't write it down right away, I won't remember what happened in the session. Nice. But if yeah. I... You know, you know, there could be some things I remember, but I won't remember. Uh, I just remo won't remember everything. Hmm. But I do like if it's something that was really like, oh, my gosh, wow, that was freaking amazing. Then um, I'll write it down. Hmm. And, and and with each experience, I'm learning something new and I'm seeing new things. Hmm. And, and, it, and it has been really helpful for a lot of people that have been addicted to drugs and um, uh because lots of times they um, they need some help. People need help. They need help to clear their field. They need they need some help. Mm. Um, depressed people, uh, sick people, um, abused people. I mean, they uh, sometimes they just really need help. Mm. And I can and 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 some people can see their energy field and see what the block is, see what the attachment mm. is, mm. see what the dark energy mm. is. Yeah. yeah. Let's say. I was a really religious person who is strongly believing in Christianity and who is listening to you now. And I say, wow, that's a devil talking through you. Yeah, That's a devil talking. These are negative things that you are saying. You are just dressing them up. It's demons talking. Yeah. What would you say to such a person? I would say that's okay that you're entitled to feel that way. 
Um, but I have seen with my own eyes and I've heard with my own ears. Um, I've seen Jesus and I've felt his arms and I see the blessed mother and I feel her presence and I hear her messages and, and they are true to me. And what I do, I truly believe is just what Jesus did. He was a living human being that lived a body that healed people and helped people through the energy of love. And that's all I do. And that's all I do. And if that's wrong, um, that's okay. But, you know, I, uh, I've, I've learned that judging myself and judging other people is one of those things that's going to keep me out of the light. And so I just, I, I respect other people and if they don't agree with me, that's really okay. Hmm. But I can also say I, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I know. there is at the moment, it all sounds too fluffy and too goody goody yeah. two shoes. Um, there is, if we postulate that there is a spiritual energy out there that is supposed to help us become better human beings. And I certainly subscribe to that. I certainly believe that uh, because mm -hmm. I certainly feel driven by a similar force to mm -hmm. speak out, to mm -hmm. go out there and be the candle in the darkness for others. So I'll accept that there is this spiritual driving force. The moment I accept that, I also need to accept that there are negative forces at work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, have you felt negative forces? And how do you label them in, not label them, how have you experienced them? I have, I've experienced them, you know, with myself. I've experienced them with um, other clients, but I think uh, what I realize is that there is a lot of lost, you know, disembodied souls that either aren't in the light or they don't know where to go. Um, uh, they're not in their home. Um, and um, that's, they're just really, really lost souls sometimes, but I see all different versions of, of it. I see, um, I've seen, um, you know, uh, in, you know, holy, you know, they look like priests, but they're claiming to be a high priest, but they're not. It's kind of like the devil in disguise. I've seen the devil totally in disguise and, and, and been blinded by that, you know, been misunderstood, you know, misguided. I've also, uh, you know, seen, uh, just, oh, you know, all kinds of stuff, uh, uh, demons, you know, um, reptiles, uh, lots of times, um, people inadvertently travel to a, that other, uh, other planes that I talk about sometimes through drugs, sometimes, um, at the hands of somebody else, maybe hypnotherapy or something. And, and in that, in that expansion of their vibrate, their energy, um, they attract, we can attract, um, other entities, other spirits. And it sounds crazy, but it's, I've seen it. I've seen it. Um, I've, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, I've seen past life darkness attached to people, um, all kinds of stuff, you know, all kinds of stuff, but it's, it's there. And, you know, I always, you know, it's, it's, it's scary, but really not because to, I, when I started the energy healing work, I was really intimidated and scared. I will be honest. When I first started to see dark energy, I thought, oh my God, I like it was going to come after me. Hmm. Um, but I'm not, I'm not scared of the dark anymore because I truly believe that all beings, all entities, everything that all, all matter eventually wants the light. Hmm. It does. The dark will wants the light. Once become the light, once attract itself to the light. I don't know if I really answered any of that question. No, you did. You did. You did. Okay. You did. okay. Because it is such a difficult thing to talk about the sheer fact that you it feel that is. you feel um, that you that you trust me enough um, yeah. to actually answer that. Yeah. For that, I'm very very grateful. Yeah. This is not yeah. easy to talk about, and these are very complex things that we not even have. We, we don't even scratch the surface. We are just yeah. even looking at the yeah. surface. Yeah. Damn it! Yeah. Uh, many of us, uh, and probably many of the listeners and viewers here, will think, "Wow, the two of them, they really lost it today." And <laughs> yet, at the same token, I want you guys to to explain to me that you're sitting in a car at the traffic lights, and suddenly you know that two cars back on the left, someone is looking at you. 
and you turn around and the guy goes looking all around um, is being embarrassed that you have looked in his eyes. How the hell did you do that? How did you know that that person was looking at you? Okay, so explain that to me and you can't. Um, so there are so many, I've got goosebumps here. Um, there are so many things that we have no clue about. Your sixth sense, okay? Yeah. Your gut feeling, your intuition. Well, how does that all, deja vu, um, mm. you know, all those kind of things. There is so much out there. We increasingly begin as doctors to realize the impact of uh, trauma in previous, not lifetimes, uh, but in, in previous generations um, that is handed down genetically, the impact mm. of, of some very nasty trauma. Um, and, and if you think about the, the world wars that have shaped our world and yeah. the, the severe depressions economically the all the other things that have occurred all this trauma yeah. is is handed down genetically yeah. so mm -hmm. is there so if we now begin to accept that is it now also not time to to accept that there is a certain amount of energy there and and that we just have no clue and I give you one more one more example. If you have got something nasty happening in your body, well, I put you into, into an MRI scanner and I want to see, I want to get some nice pictures. Well, guess how an MRI scanner works? You actually put a certain amount of energy into the body. The atoms mm -hmm. uh, uh, vibrate and free, uh, have a different frequency and jump to a different frequency, jump back down. And mm -hmm. different, different tissues do that in different ways. And that causes a picture. Now, mm -hmm. you're telling me you're not an energy being when I play with energy in order to get a picture out of you? Well, come on. So here you go. There is so much we don't understand. And therefore, it is such an honor for me to, to talk to someone like you um, who is just beginning to understand a bit more mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. the energy that is surrounding us that makes us I postulate, mm -hmm. because we are all energy beings, mm -hmm. we are all energy life forms, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it is uh, it is a gift I think that you have developed that mm -hmm. you are allowed to to be used as a channel, that you are allowed to have these inputs, these mm -hmm. these new experiences constantly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, what would you say to people who are who are trying to do exactly the same thing but are using uh, medications, MDMA, um, so ecstasy or psilocybin or any of the, the other psychotropic um, drugs that are mm -hmm. similarly putting you into a different uh, human experience? Mm -hmm. Is that the same thing? So <clears throat> people might not like this response, but. <laughs> I, I, I found my connection and was able to increase my vibration and, and connect with the spirit world at a natural state, beginning in meditation and raising my vibration to connect at that level. Mm -hmm. It's true. And it's authentic. It's an authentic, real experience. It's not a psychedelic experience. And so that's the difference. I, you know, I, I think that, um, I'm, I'm setting my intention to, I'm meditating, however I'm experiencing it, and creating this 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 connection with spirit, a relationship with the spirit world. Mm -hmm. I'm just not going on a joyride and to check things out. You know, <laughs> this is like um, I'm this spirit. It's a it's it really is about relationships. I've developed relationships with the spirit world, but what happens is, you know. Um, spirit lives on. We don't die. Spirit lives, and so when you go take when you, when you take these types of things to try to get to the, that that place and and that experience, you're entering a realm, a very dangerous realm of spirit beings. Mm -hmm. And and I have personally firsthand in my office with young kids and teenagers and adults that have blown open their energy field like blown it like kind of exploded with it with some type of drug or medication and it's almost like creates a tear and an opening in their field mm -hmm. and with that opening the damage um dark entities and things can get in and um people have um uh, become quite ill um having uh, now 
an attachment of some sort from something that they, a spirit that they met during what they thought was going to be an amazing uh, experience. And it's become really dark. So I, I just say, if, you know, just, there's no easy path. Like, you know, you know, there's no easy way, you know, there's no fast pass unless you're in Disney World, you know. Are you sure there's not an app that I can download? Come on. No, you just got to do the work, you know, meditate for God's sakes, you know. I hear you, girl. Now my whole body's tingling on that. Yeah, meditate. (laughs) Kathy, you're an amazing woman. I think we could talk for hours. You're an amazing man. Thank you. No, this is, this is a gift that you have got and i i immediately want to organize another interview in a year's time because the all the amount of of extra insights that you will have gathered uh throughout the next year the next two years five years can only make you a different a better version of yourself and i think this is this is the the wonderful journey that is is waiting for you um So it is. It is beautiful, and um, I'm. I, I I loved every every second of our interview. Kefi, if if people want to to know more about you, where can they find you? Best way is just uh, they can reach me by my website, kathygabrielson.com. Mm-hmm. Um, they can find me on Instagram at Kathy Gabrielson. That's my name, <laughs> or Kathy Gabrielson on Facebook. Uh, but please Perfect. reach out. I love to help people. I just mm. love to help people. That's my mission. My mission is to help the souls, help all souls that come. My Guys, way. look down there into the description of the YouTube video and of the podcast because everything is there uh, for you. Just, you know, what have you got to lose? And if you are wondering what should you give maybe your family or yourself for Christmas, you have written a book too, haven't you? Yes, I have. Dying to Live, Surviving Near Death. It's a, it's a self-help book. It's mm. a self-help book, self-help memoir. Yeah. Beautiful. Yes. Thank you. Links down there. And guys, mm-hmm. um, it, what have you got to lose? That's all I can say. Kefi, thank, thank you. you so much for being a, a guest thank on my you. show. And you, you guys, so you, fun. absolutely. And you guys out there, live with passion. Look after yourself. Bye. Thank you. I never give up, I never give up, turn around.